Hi, welcome to Hacker Public Radio. My name is Kwatu, and I'm going to be talking about FTP, setting up an FTP server. Um, I'm no expert at setting up an FTP server. The experience I've had has been just playing around with it. So don't take my advice or my um, my example is necessarily the most secure setup that you could ever have. I'm no expert on security. Opening up your computer to the worldwide web could be a very, very bad thing if you don't configure it correctly, as I'm sure you're probably aware. Setting up an FTP server is really no different in, in many ways than setting up an HTTP server, just a normal web server. You know, it's it's giving access, uh, it's giving people access to your computer. So you want to make sure that you've got that roped off and locked down and stuff like that. However, FTP is a pretty handy device, to, uh, a pretty handy uh, service to have on your computer at times when you're sending, you know, very large files to someone. I mean, obviously there are lots of different ways to do it. There are services like Mediafire or um, uh, you know, places that'll send big files across the network. You know, it'll store it for a temporary time, and then you can go and download it, things like that. But uh, sometimes it, nothing beats just having the file on a server that's in your control, uh, that is being seen by your eyes, uh, mostly only, and uh, just directing people to that server so that they can grab the file, and then you can get rid of the file. It's just kind of a handy way sometimes to do it. So FTP, as I understand it, dates back to about 1971. So this is a very old protocol, and it was used back then to, you know, as a protocol to transfer files. And I guess at that time, in the beginning, you had to know exactly where the file was in order to go find it. And later on, Gopher and similar tools like that kind of sprung up and kind of helped in when you were searching for files that you might want you know, they would direct you to the, the location, the FTP server that they were stored, and then you could go grab them. In FTP, there are two types of users. There are the real users, which the system administrator knows and uh, has set up with a username and a password. And then there are the anonymous users, which uh, ideally would be a user uh, that can just log in anonymously and get access to that file, but hopefully, you know, usually you don't want them to be able to upload. Um, uploading an anonymous, letting anonymous people upload obviously would not be a very good idea. So, one of the one of the biggest um, FTP server applications out there, it's um, it's called VSFTPD, and that's that stands for Very Secure. FTP daemon. And it's fairly simple to install and to configure. It's also considered pretty secure, so it's become one of the more popular default FTP servers that you're going to find uh, easily installable in a number of Linux distributions. So you may be able to find this um, in, one, in, in a repo, depending on what distro you're with, but you'll if you hunt around for VSFTP or VSFTPD, you should be able to find it probably in a repo, and you can download it and install it. Now you'd only need to do that obviously if you had installed just a normal desktop Linux. 
if you have installed um, the server distro of whatever, you know, the server version of whatever distro you're running, uh, then probably you've already got either VSFTP or WUFTP uh, or, or some some application that will provide FTP service. But either way, as long as you've got something, I'm going to be doing VSFTP because that's the only one that I've ever used. If it is not in your distro's repo or if you do not have a repo with your distro, then you can just go directly to their website. And that is http colon slash slash vsftpd.beasts.org. And you can download the source code there, compile it, and install it. Now you're going to want to start it up after it's all installed. And that would be service space vsftpd space start. Or um, you can also, well that's how I did it on my, on my Fedora box. Um, so once it's started, then you should be able to log in just from your own computer into the FTP folder, even though, you know, you don't have to, don't go out onto the network yet, just do this locally. So you can totally just FTP to your local host, uh, it should give you some kind of welcome message, and then you can type in your username and your password, and that would just be your normal username, your username that you've logged into your computer as and your password that you log in with. Uh, and then it should log in successfully. And so now you're connected to your FTP server via the local host. Not that big of a deal, not very helpful obviously, but at least establishes that the FTP daemon is running, it's aware of itself, it knows that it's allowed to have users, things like that. Now to uh, to test it out a little bit further, you can go out onto another computer on that local area network and try the same thing. So you're just going to FTP into whatever IP address the uh, the, the server is, um, and then it should again ask you for your username and your password. So you're going to use the username and the password of that computer, of that server, not the one you're sitting on, the one that you just installed VSFTPD on. Type in your username and your password, and ideally it will let you in, and you should be in your FTP directory. If that does not work, you should probably check your firewall setting. Certainly on a Fedora box, uh, the firewall is set by default to have ports 20 and 21 closed. So you're going to want to open those up. Now you've got the FTP server open to the rest of your network. And you should be able to uh, log in after that. Okay, so once you've established that it's working as expected, one of the things you'll want to do is either enable or disable anonymous um, login. So if if you look in the slash etsy slash vsftpd slash vsftpd.conf file, you will find a line uh, pretty early in called anonymous underscore enable equals yes, and local underscore enable equals yes. Um, the anonymous enable line is obviously the one that lets just anyone log into the uh, into the into the server uh, as FTP. And if it's it on it's it's on by default, it's enabled by default. Now, if you just comment out that line, it's still on. You need to specifically tell it to turn that off. 
So you're going to change anonymous underscore enable equals yes to anonymous underscore enable equals no. That will make sure that anonymous login is not permitted. It doesn't take a security expert to know that that's probably a pretty good idea if you're just fooling around with FTP like I am. Um, no reason to have just anyone who happens across your server log in. Even if you think, oh, well, they don't have right access, it'll be fine, they can look, they can't touch. Just If you don't know what you're doing, that would probably be a great uh, line to include to just make sure that, that it's a little bit more restricted. Now, any user with a local account on your machine, on the server, are going to be able to log into the FTP as long as you've got local underscore enable set to yes. Um, the exception to that general rule is that all the, uh, the user accounts listed in slash Etsy slash VSFTPD slash user underscore list, okay, they're denied access. So that's kind of handy, like if you don't want certain people to be able to log in, then you can include their name in the user list and they will be denied uh, access to the, to, the, um, to the server. So that's kind of handy. You have a fair amount of control over the users in VSFTP. Some other programs kind of let you get really specific with some of the permissions and things like that. VSFTP uses standard Unix file permissions. So if you want someone to, for instance, not have write access, then you're obviously going to make uh, something not writable. Or if you don't want them to see a file, you're not gonna, you're gonna make it not readable, things like that. And the standard area for the files is gonna be in slash var slash FTP. That's the directory where everyone will log into uh, if they're an anonymous user. And the anonymous user is going to be under the category of other. So um, if the file permissions for var slash FTP are uh, like 600, then obviously just the root user is going to be able to read and write there. You open it up to, you know, read for other other users, then anonymous login is going to be able to get in there. Now you can also change, and this is where the control comes in over the users, uh, the, the, what the root directory is within their FTP environment. So the root directory, which would technically be a chroot environment, is slash var slash FTP. That means that in terms of an anonymous person logging in, the computer's root is, you know, the computer's slash is really technically your slash var slash FTP, which is nice because that means that they can't really get outside of that. You know, that's, that's as far down in the directory, uh, in the file system that they can go. Now, someone with a username and a password, you might want to root their environment via FTP simply because I mean if they if someone gets their username and their password then they would have access to your entire computer so you might want to instead within the uh, vsftpd.conf file do the line chroot underscore local underscore user equals yes and that's going to chroot the local user environment 
and restrict them only to their home folder, which seems like a really good idea to me. So uh, try that out. That'll make sure that they're not wandering around your entire computer's file system via FTP. And you should always keep in mind that FTP is plain text. It's not it's not an SSH process. It's it's everything is sent in the clear. So you really want to make sure that um, that you're protecting yourself and your users from you know themselves and people who might be sniffing traffic, things like that. There are ways to affect the way things are downloaded whether it's ASCII or binary. Um, again, that's just a line in the comp file. It's just ASCII download enable equals yes or no. Uh, there are ways to enable local users to uh, upload, you know, write files, and that is simply write underscore enable equals yes, um, and local underscore umask equals 022. And that's going to allow the local users to write to the server. And the umask is simply setting the file permissions uh, so that it's uh, 644 uh, four, uh, permissions, which would allow what users to read and write. Um, everyone else would be read only. So um, you've got you know a lot of a fair amount of control over that kind of stuff. You can do the same thing with anonymous users, but I'm not even going to talk about that because I just I can only imagine that that seems just like a phenomenally bad idea. Um, especially if if you're just playing around with this, like I am, uh, probably not a good idea to allow anonymous users to be writing onto your onto your disk. Now, what there is um, are message files, and I guess some. Some programs really let you go crazy with this kind of stuff. That you can just do all kinds of cool, sort of almost interactive messages and things like that. Um, VSFTP, just as long as you've got the uh, the dir message underscore enable option um, as set as yes, so that is dir message underscore enable equals yes, then you will be able to have a dot message file in the root directory of FTP server, you know, so that would be your slash var slash FTP, uh, and then dot message. But you can also have it in other folders within um, within that within that directory. And the message file uh, can be really anything, you know. I mean, it can just be information on that directory, or or it could be helpful information about how to install a program, or you know, just whatever. You can also do an FTPD underscore banner, and then you can have uh, you know just equals and then whatever banner you want, so that when they first initially log in, uh, it could be something that indicates um, any information that you want, or by the same token, misinformation, which isn't a bad security step in itself. Um, advertising you know, what distro you're running and things like that might be great for distro pride, but, um, you know, the le less information or the more misinformation you give people uh, logging into your system, probably, you know, the better. So obviously with with this kind of thing, you're really going to make sure that you're looking at your logs and 
keeping tabs on your system. Not a good idea to to ignore this if you if you literally have FTP, even if you've just turned it on um, for a little while, you know, just long enough for your friend to download whatever file you want to, to send them. Um, you're going to want to make sure that you're keeping keeping a watch on on your log files. The logging is enabled by default, as you can imagine, uh, and the the log files themselves are in slash var slash log uh, slash xfer log, as in transfer log x f e r l o g. And uh, to look at that, you know, you can just you can more you know, slash var, slash log, slash extra log, uh, or you can look at it in real time, tail, space, dash, capital F, space, slash var, slash log, slash extra log. And that will show you uh, all the all the activity going on uh, in real time. Another good way of protecting your users from both themselves and, and sort of you from your users is to set up set up uh, timeout times, and this is one of the big reasons that I kind of find having your own FTP server kind of nice. Because sometimes, uh, if I'm doing something on an FTP server where I have a lot of files, um, a lot of the services out there that you you know you sign up for, like GoDaddy or someone that's hosting your your server, and um, or, or that owns the server, and you simply have just really basic FTP access to. Uh, a lot of times their timeout is just really, really brief, and you, you know, by the time you figure out what you even want to do, they've already logged you out, and you have to log back in. Now, having said that, it's it's actually you know, it's a good security measure. So you might want to think about uh, setting up a timeout so that if someone walks away, forgets that they've got an FTP connection open, it's going to close you know after a while. So. Uh, you can set the the time out that it's going to allow uh, while they're connecting or while they're um, to accept all their login information. That you know you could do like 60 seconds or something. Uh, a connection timeout so that if they're trying to connect and it's it's not going, timeout after 60 seconds. An idle session timeout. That's idle underscore session underscore timeout. You can give them like 10 minutes maybe, 600 seconds. Um, you could do uh, data underscore connection underscore timeout so that if there's no progress occurring in the transfer, it'll log out. Like if there's an error in transferring the file or something. So that's that's all kind of a good security security risk uh, security precaution. And speaking of security, you can find out lots more about FTP and FTP. Uh, the anonymous ways of abusing FTP. If you go to CERT, C-E-R-T, if you go to their uh, FTP uh, information, their documentation on FTP, it's very enlightening. It will give you a good idea of some of the risks out there, uh, some of the things that you might want to worry about. Keep in mind that FTP is in plain text. Everything's just completely, you know, if you're sniffing someone on the network and they're FTPing, um, you're seeing everything that they're typing in. So you want to make sure that you're not doing that yourself. Uh, and just keep it in mind if you're if you're actually sending this kind of 
information on how to get to your system to people and they're logging in, then you know quite possibly their username and their password have, have been seen by someone. So you know if I'm out and about, usually the way to FTP somewhere is to SSH home and then FTP from the SSH. So keep that in mind. It's not it's not a secure system. Um, there are variations of it, like SFTP, things like that. But uh, it just kind of depends on what the server's configured to do. This is this that I've gone over, normal FTP. So it's all plain text. Now, if you are behind a firewall, if your server is behind a firewall and you're trying to FTP, you know, from some remote location, remember that you're probably going to have to configure your router or your modem to forward the ports. And the ports are 20 and 21 for FTP. There's probably some way to change that from the default to be more secure. I don't know. I haven't done it yet myself. I'm just using 20 and 21, and I don't. I'm not leaving it up very often. So it's one of those things where I'm I'm using it for a brief time, and then taking it down. Just kind of getting my feet wet. It's kind of interesting though. You can also keep in mind uh, that if you are logging in from a remote place and you need a DNS uh, address to to go to 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 be able to get to the computer where the FTP server is set up, just keep in mind either no IP or DYN DNS. Those are both services that will provide you a dynamic DNS name, and you can hear more that, about those services in my episode uh, on SSH, which is a couple of episodes back now. I'm not sure of the number off the top of my head. A couple of quick tips on how to access the FTP server once you have it set up. At least for friends, I find it's a very helpful to be able to tell them that the FTP itself, the site itself, can be accessed just via Firefox. So if you're sending a friend who maybe isn't as familiar with uh, the, the whole online file transfer deal, uh, then they might want to just look into using Firefox. And now they can access Firefox. I mean, they can access FTP straight from Firefox's URL just FTP colon slash slash whatever, and they can get into the FTP server. It'll give them a pop-up dialog box, and they can type in their username and their password, and they, they can see all the files and download what they need to, and that'll be a very familiar way for them to do it. Now, if it's a little bit more complex and you want them to be able to upload, then there is a great little add-on to Firefox. At least it was available for Firefox 2. It seems to be under development right now for Firefox 3, but it's definitely worth... Uh, keeping an eye on, and that is uh, at addons.mozilla.org slash en-us slash firefox slash add-on slash 5460. And um, I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it's like FTP upload or something very sort of practical and pragmatic like that. And all it does is add to your file menu uh, an upload file menu item. And as long as you're signed into an FTP site that you have writable access to, you can go there and upload it. For something a little bit more robust, something a little bit more like, for instance, FileZilla, well, there is FileZilla, but there's also, um, f this is currently out for Firefox 3, Fire FTP. And that, uh, once you fire that up, it looks basically, I mean, it's practically just like FileZilla. You know, it's got the traditional the local side and the remote side, and you just transfer your files back and forth as needed. That's 
tends to be a little bit overwhelming for the new user. So uh, either tell them to just go straight to it in Firefox or um, get them familiar with something that a little bit more robust. But I find Firefox itself is really good just for the, the new users to be able to grab the file and uh, download it. And that's about it. That's how you set up an FTP server. It's kind of surprisingly easy when you get down to it. It's just sort of installing the application and then configuring the environment. So uh, give it a try. But, you know, be safe, be practical about it, be secure, uh, and have fun. Thanks for listening to Hacker Public Radio. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.